My name is Cal Sue, and I am the ministry apprentice here at Missio. And if you're a guest here with us, welcome. Um, and it's great to see all the familiar faces, and I'm just so excited to get to see them today. And we get to do this together weekly and um, be in the Word together weekly. So I have the privilege of leading us in the Word today. So bear with me as um, it's been a while since I've actually shared a message, and especially one over Zoom. So this is all new to me. And so, Dom, uh, kudos to you for doing this every week. <laughs> it's a little strange to be talking to a screen and not getting to see responses and whatnot, but I just am so um, thrilled to be here in that, um, yeah, Dom had asked me to uh, share this week. And so, as he asked, I was a little nervous because, I, again, I haven't done this in a while, but... Um, I said yes, and so I find myself here and just reflecting um, after several months of quarantine and with the recent events of racial unjust and the things that have been happening in this world. Um, I don't know about you, but I've been finding myself at a loss of how to respond and even feeling a little bit stuck. Um, but I noticed that during this time, two questions that were cons consistently circulating in my mind. And that was, Father, like, what are you inviting me to do in this time? And what are you inviting us as a church body to do in this time? And so after, after some time, I was thinking that, you know, I had asked and asked and asked and like, what now, what now? Um, and I think I filled my quota in asking him. <laughs> like he just really just impressed on my heart. Um, and what he impressed my heart kind of had me perplexed because he had me, uh, the word fruit of the spirit was what kept coming to mind. And he had me in the book of Galatians reading about the fruit of the spirit. And I'm like, what Lord, like why? And um, of course, that had me thinking, what, what and why? What, what do you want me to do? And what do you want me to share about the fruit of the Spirit? And while um, after stewing um, these thoughts for a few days, I finally got over myself and I found myself in the book of Galatians and reading um, on the fruit of the Spirit. So guess what, Miss Yo? We're going to be in the book of Galatians today together. All right. So if you have your Bibles, and Shinji, if you can um, pull up the slide, um, let's read together and let's be in the word together. In Galatians 5, 13 to 18 and 22 to 26. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love, for the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out, or you will be, be destroyed um, by each other. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, 
and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. Let's pray. Father God, I pray for your word to to steep in our souls. That you would soften our hearts, give us ears to hear, and speak to us as we dig into your word together this morning. Amen. So as I started reading the the fruit of the spirit in Galatians, um, I wanted to get some context. Um, And context is always important as we read the Bible and understanding who the author is, who the audience is, what the setting of of this is. And so I'm going to give you a little background in the book of Galatians. And I want you to pay special attention to the similarities and the challenges that we face today and what Galatia was experiencing back then. So the author is Apostle Paul, the apostle to the Gentiles. In the audience are the Galatians, several churches in the city of Galatia, to whom Paul was known and traveled during his missionary journeys, and actually one of the first missionary journeys that he took. So this book of Galatians was written about 48 AD. So that was a long time ago, 48 AD. By this time, the church is no longer just the covenant people of God of just one ethnicity, but the church now also consists of multi-ethnic people. And the reason why the Apostle Paul wrote this book and wrote this letter was because he was frustrated. He was frustrated by the false teachings. He had gone. So imagine if you had gone and done all this work, and then somebody came behind you and undid all the work by telling false things and giving false teachings. This is what Apostle Paul was feeling, and this is his response and the letter to the churches. Uh, these teachings that these, the false teachings were stated that Christianity is Jewish in nature, and that the Gentiles could not become Christians um, if they don't adapt to Judaism, and especially in the practice of circumcision, eating kosher meals, and observing the Sabbath. And so let me tell you, after reading Galatians, and especially in chapter 5, he, Paul, was not having it. And he says here um, in Galatians chap, uh, verse 13, that you, my brothers, were called to be free, not bound by these practices, but do not use this freedom to indulge in the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. 
For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. And I can't help but think about the current state of the world, the current state of our country, and how this rings so true of how um, we have been lacking in love for our neighbors and for each other. Um, But what Paul's message to the church was that Jesus' death and his resurrection brought in the new covenant. And people don't have to become Jews or practice any outward ceremonies to be Christian. And um, to require the practices or to require such practices in this is the denial of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He's, they're saying that truly to be part of God's family is by grace and through faith alone. Let me repeat that. To be truly part of God's family is by God's grace and through faith alone. And not by keeping the law and not adding to it. And because we've been set free by Jesus and by his death and his resurrection, this freedom should not be used for our earthly desires, not as the way we perceive things or not as the way we want things to happen in our lives. But we must live by the guidance of the power of the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. And what that equates to is trusting in Christ and trusting in the power of the Holy Spirit that produces in us love and produces in us faith. So I was thinking to myself, well, then how do I know I've been given the Holy Spirit? And that's naturally my, my thinking. And, and so as I was reading through the word, I knew that um, as I'm doing my studies as well, a part of that was reading um, the book of John where Jesus promises the Holy Spirit. And so if you have your Bibles, let's go to John 14, verse 15 to 31. It says, if you love me, keep my commands. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth. And the word cannot accept, the world cannot accept him because it is neither It neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives within you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans, and I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me, because I live in you and also will live, and you also will live. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. And whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. And I thought, well, shoot, you're right. God, you are right. And don't you hate it when somebody's right? <laughs> like, ah. Well, 
God is always right. And he is indeed, has indeed given us the Holy Spirit. So then I, I proceeded to have conversation with him. I was thinking to myself, well, then why the fruit of the Spirit? Like, this is what you keep pressing on my heart. Why this fruit of the Spirit? So let, let's go back and pick up in Galatians 5, 22. And what we read earlier. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, or patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And against such things, there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus, those who we who belong to Christ Jesus, we've been crucified and crucifying the flesh and its passions and desires, our passions and desires. And since we live by the Spirit, let us be in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited nor provoking or envying each other. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. What do you notice about these words? Now, as I was digging deeper and looking up each definition, because sometimes I'm kind of a nerd like that, <laughs> I want to go see what's the definition. Um, I noticed that they all have one commonality. They require action. They require us to have action. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, all require action. And they all go hand in hand. And it's one thing that um, for us to exercise these at separate times but as I was looking, he, and we often, and I often, and I think we've often mistaken of saying fruits of the spirit, but Paul makes a point and says the singular word of fruit of the spirit. The difference is that these aren't a buffet of character traits that we get to choose from, but when the spirit is present, all the fruit of the spirit are present. Let me repeat that. The difference is that these are not a buffet of characteristics, but when the Spirit is present, all of the fruit of the Spirit is present. So this brought me back to um, a story and something that happened years ago, but I've been looking recently at replacing my car because I've been having some issues with it and it's leaking oil and whatnot, but um, and so I've been thinking about getting a new car and not a new, new car, but a new used car. <laughs> but I, it brought me back to when I bought my first brand new car. And if you can, if any of you have bought a, a brand new car, it's exciting. Is it not? I, um, purchased my first brand new car out of college I had my first job at Macy's and um, 
I was just so excited. I had my tax return and I was ready to put a down payment on that car. And so I went and shopped and my parents took me and it took me weeks before I could settle on their car. And I ended up with a Toyota RAV4, of course, Toyotas uh, in my book are, are reliable cars. And so I'm like, yes. And I'm always thinking, I grew up from a, a, a big family, so I'm always thinking I need a car with room. So that's, but I also wanted to sit high up off the ground and not sit in a sedan. And so I ended up with this Toyota RAV4. Um, and so I bought it brand new, never bought really such a huge pur- purchase brand new. And so um, I was just diligent of wor- in working and paying my monthly payments. And um, so, you know, with buying a new car and having a car, it requires some maintenance. And so me being a brand new owner, um, thankfully, I have a brother who's a mechanic and he was able to do those things for me. But for some reason, I don't know about you guys, but when you buy something and the warranty finishes, it somehow breaks. And it somehow just goes kaput. And so that's what happened to my brand new car. Five years in, I just paid it off. My five-year warranty had just finished and my car broke. The transmission, there was a faulty something in the transmission. I don't know anything about cars really. Um, But it was not drivable anymore. And um, I had a friend who recommended a... uh, a mechanic and he was well versed in the foreign car repairs and so I took it to him in faith and trusting that I would get a good estimate and of course you have to call around for a good estimate and so this hefty price tag was 3500 I'm like 3500 why do I have 3500 I'm brand new out of college I barely saved up 3500 um what am I going to do? Well, thankfully my parents were able to help me out, but I, this car was no longer drivable and it took about three weeks um, for him to fix the car. And of course I was checking up on him every week saying, Hey, how's my car? How's my car? Because in that I had to rearrange transportation to and from work. And at that time my commute was about an hour and a half each way. And so it's just started becoming a pain. And finally, he was able to fix it. And so he calls me and I rush down there with my brother because I'm thinking I need backup in case, you know, this doesn't work out. And so I bring my brother down there with me and he's like, all right, it's fixed. It's ready to go. You're ready to go. So I paid and um, I hopped into the car and um, it started to feel really funny. And I pressed on the gas and y'all, I did not make it out of the parking lot. <laughs> I just paid $3,500 and I did not make it out of that parking lot. And I was thinking to myself, you know, I have two ways to respond. I can march in there and demand that he fix it right now, or I can allow the spirit to work in me and respond in a way that is honoring and respectful um, and still get the job done though. And I decided on the latter. (laughs) I decided on the latter because I knew that if I were to go in there and respond and, and give him a piece of my mind that 
who knows what would that have yield yielded. But I knew that if I were to respond in a way that could be received and that was calm and in a manner of having self-control and some patience and all the fruits of the spirit or fruit of the spirit, that I would be able to receive a response that could get my car fixed. Cause that's what I really needed needed to happen. But the spirit did some work in me in that moment. And I had my brother with me and I had a few choice words for Kim, who was the mechanic. And he, um, I remained calm and I was in there and he looked at me and I said, look, I can't drive my car out of the parking lot. And you'd said that it was fixed and I need for it to be fixed because it's my one form of transportation to and from work. And it's been about three weeks, so I need for it to be fixed. And he just was in shock and he just stared at me for a few seconds and he said, well, wow, that's a very calm response. And in that moment, I knew that if I had done the opposite, I think I would have, it would have rendered a different response from him. But let me tell you, that is something that took every ounce of me and took the Holy Spirit to work in me for me to respond in that way. It is not on my, at my own doing and not something that I would have responded with, but it was the Holy Spirit's work in me to be able to respond in a way that was a loving manner. And so and my, my family can vouch for that because there are times when I can get really worked up and, and I could definitely give you a piece of my mind. But um, friends, I, as I reflected back on that story, um, he was a person of peace. And it just, God brought me back to knowing that this world is full of people of peace people whose life will change for the better because they know and are following Jesus. And so I wanted to share that story because we know that as followers of Christ, he's our answer. He's my answer. In my flesh, I want and I wanted to lash out. In my flesh, I could have given him peace of my mind so I can get my car fixed. But in that moment, the Holy Spirit did some work in me. And trust me when I say I've had those many moments that have warranted just full dependence on the Holy Spirit. But when the Spirit is present, we then abide in an unchanging self of God. And our confidence, it grows by the consistency that we learn how to sow in God's glory. And so the fruit of the Spirit will yield transformation in our lives, not only in us, but in the people around us and the world in which we live. It will set us apart. It will set us apart from the world. Because the Father doesn't give. He doesn't give as the world gives. He's given us the Holy Spirit. He's the Holy Spirit that has produced the fruit of the Spirit in us. And Paul reminds us in Galatians 5.16 that if we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit, which requires action, which requires us 
to be able to love, have love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So, Missio, as we see and experience what's been happening in our world today, remember that we have the guidance of the power of the Holy Spirit. We must think and act with an, uh, an eternal perspective. We must think and act with an eternal perspective to combat the desires of our flesh, to make changes in racial and social justice, to leave a kingdom impact on the world for our children, but most importantly, for the sake of the gospel. So the other day, Dom asked me, well, can, can you tie this back into the series of stewardship? I said, sure, <laughs> I could do that. <laughs> I'll figure out a way, Dom. What came to mind was, what's ours is not ours to begin with. We read that in Genesis, when God created the world, he gave us life. He gave us this world to tend to. And he gave us because he first loved us. He gave us the Holy Spirit. He gives us the fruit of the Spirit. He gives us life, abundant and eternal life. So we shouldn't be selfish. We mustn't be selfish. Keep it to ourselves. We must share it. We must be good stewards of what's been given to us. And so just to remind you, Miss Yo, that the fruit of the Spirit produces love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So I'm going to challenge you with this this week. Where is God inviting you to exercise the fruit of the Spirit? And how will you do that this week? Let me pray for us. Father God, I thank you. I thank you that you are a sovereign God, a God who gives, the giver of life, the giver of love and the giver of the Holy Spirit that produces fruit of the Spirit, Father. We thank you for how you have been an example and how you've set your example through your Son, Jesus Christ. to produce in us the fruit of the spirit of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Lord, I pray for each individual here that, Lord, you will move us and you will invite us to be bold and to be able to love one another, to love our neighbors as we love ourselves, to make changes in this world the way you sent your son to make a change in our lives, Father. So we commit this community to you. We commit our lives to you. May we be the change. May we be, see the fruit of the Spirit in our lives this week and for weeks to come, Father. We pray all this in your name. Amen.